the patriot and the preacher, where politics and religion do mix, starts right now. Here are your hosts. Welcome, everybody, to The Patriot and the Preacher. I'm your patriot, Mark Anthony. And I'm your pastor, Todd Coconato. So, Todd, we have got a lot to talk about. We've uh, A lot's gone on in the last week, and uh, we've got some relevant guests, as usual. This is uh, a lineup of powerful women, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. Two firecrackers for the yeah. kingdom of God. That, that yeah. love, the, you know, love the Lord waiting, you know, until you hear uh, Brigitte, she just rocks it. And then, of course, Alveda is always just uh, amazing, inspiring. Uh, I really look up to Alveda King, Mark. I think that her words are really going to ring true to our audience right now because of what's going on right now in Minnesota. And we're going to get to that in the news. But Alveda King, and then we have Brigitte Gabriel. A lot of people know her. She's the founder of Act for America, which is a group that encourages people to go and vote and be involved. But on top of that, and in a way that, well, she, look, she's, let's face it, Todd, she's she's doing so well that the Southern, po- Southern Poverty <laughs> Law Center has named her uh, as a terrorist group. So well, yeah, you always know when the Southern Poverty Law Center or, um, you know, white right wing watch is on you, you must be doing something right. <laughs> exactly. She's on the right tracks. Um, in fact, I think, uh, I think uh, even the Muslim Brotherhood has put a fatwa on her because mm. uh, Brigitte won't stop talking. You know, she, she grew up in Lebanon, most of her life in a bomb shelter. So when she got here to America, she wanted to be a voice of truth and reason, and she certainly has accomplished that. And uh, so we are excited to have both of them with us. As we go through this right now, I think, you know, for such a time as this, Todd, with all of the unrest that's going on, not just in Minnesota, probably the audience has noticed we're not hearing much about COVID very mm. at all right now, have we? It's moved it, on it, to the unrest. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that, Mark, because President Trump just said that we're going to be completely eliminating our funding for the World Health Organization. I think that's a really telling development, uh, terminating the relationship with the WHO. Wow, that's yeah. big. It is big. It really is big. And he is showing true leadership there because – as this has all unfolded over the last, let's say, three months, what we've seen is is that the WHO is in the back pocket of the Chinese Communist Party. That's right. Um, and literally, they're a mouthpiece for them. So why would, again, much like when we debate off and on about the UN, why would we be giving them money? It just doesn't yeah. make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And, 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 and by the way, other breaking news today, as we recording, we just started recording, uh, also uh, Hong Kong, developments of a change in relationship with the United States. The president just did a Rose Garden press conference and uh, really interesting developments there too, Mark. Very interesting developments. You know, uh, when it comes to Hong Kong and Taiwan, we understand the importance of both those relationships and China overall has uh, warned us over and over recently in the last month to not interfere. And I, I, I want to bring the audience back, Todd, to when they were protesting, they had American flags as they were That's protesting right. on the streets. And so we are that still that beacon of light, that, that city on the shining hill. And we have got to support those people. They look to us for leadership. Um, and really a direction on what they need to do next. 
Oh yeah. I mean, there's been hundreds of thousands of people on the street, even in the last week, and you don't see much mainstream media coverage of this, Mark. I mean, it's uh, I see a lot of it on social media, actually, where people are sharing pictures and it's astonishing to see how many people are in the streets protesting. And yet there's almost like a media blackout. It's interesting. There is the media blackout there. Well, you know, we're going to get to the news in a minute, but I, I just want to point out that even last night, MSNBC, um, Ali Veleshi said the situation was not generally speaking unruly while he was standing outside <laughs> of the police building as it was being burned down. You know, we're, <laughs> it's it hard. reminds it, me of Baghdad Bob. Is that's that, abs- is. that is absolutely what was on my tongue, Todd. That's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, talk about being in denial. Uh, the media really enjoys stoking these flames. And so now we're on to this narrative. And so I think what's important and to pay attention to is what they're saying and then what they're not saying. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to delve into that with our news. So please stay with us. We've got Brigitte Gabriel and, of course, Alveda King coming up. We're going to be right back. This is the Patriot and the Preacher. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. Hey, everyone, it's Mark Anthony. I want to talk to you about my pillow because it's truly changed my life. I've had over seven spinal surgeries on my neck and back and I've never been able to get a good night's sleep. But after trying my pillow, I'm getting the best night's sleep that I've ever had before. Trust me, my pillow has made a believer out of me. I never go anywhere without it. Look, this company has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow has an amazing offer for our listeners. And if you call 800-851-9287 and use the promo code MARK, you can take advantage of special offers on all of their products. Call right now, 800-851-9287 and use the promo code MARK. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain with the 60-day money-back guarantee. Trust me, my pillow will make a believer out of you. And you know that jingle. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Don't forget to call 800-851-9287 or go to mypillow.com and use the promo code MARK. Welcome back to The Patriot and the Preacher. So, of course, the story that everybody's following, the media is focusing on this and you know, understandably so, is what is happening and transpiring right now as we speak, Todd, uh, in Minnesota over mm. the murder of George Floyd and breaking news. This won't be as breaking as when it airs uh, this <laughs> weekend. But, of course, the officer who um, who was involved has been has been arrested. He's been yep. charged with third degree murder and manslaughter. That may not be enough for some, but what I do hope uh, is that the rioting stops, and my suspicion is is that it won't. Yeah, I have the same suspicion because I think, and again, I don't, I'm not trying to be conspiratorial here, but we have evidence uh, from the past in this type of matter that it seems like there's outside influences, Mark, that are mm-hmm. helping to bus in people and stoke the flames of the already divisive situation. And that is absolutely what is going on. Uh, we saw it in Ferguson. We saw it in Baltimore. And once again, uh, from sources that both you and I have, 
it's pretty apparent that these people aren't acting alone. And you know, what happened on Thursday night got even more violent, more dangerous, as most people saw uh, with the other networks. I was watching all three of them just to see how the narrative was out there. But I think what's dangerous, uh, really, is that they are literally, Todd, justifying this behavior. These are not protests. These are riots. And they actually cut a gas line by the police station. So it became very dangerous last night as they're firing off fireworks and all kinds of other uh, flammable devices. And as these people are protesting, they were endangering the lives of others. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. That's what I was talking to friends and family about is, is you know, we, we detest, we can't stand what we saw happen, uh, of course, to Mr. Floyd and, you know, unbelievable. But at the same time, when you look at the uh, things that are happening, I don't know if you saw this, Mark, but there was a handicapped woman that was sprayed uh, with, with like, uh, you know, I don't even know what it was, a firefighting device or something, but uh, people have been getting beat up. Stores, you know, an African-American man was crying about his small business that had been torched, uh, you know, thousands, millions millions of dollars of damage and property damage. So, you know, that we can't have two wrongs don't make a right is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. And that's really, and that's what's really, that's the most concerning thing because understandably we want to see justice. It, what happened there was just, it's nauseating seeing that video and it's been played over and over and over and over. But, at the, but when you look at what is going on right now, You've got thousands of people out there. The police literally had to abandon, Todd, that precinct because they were in danger. Yeah, and people don't think about the officers. You know, I know a lot of officers, Mark, and their wives and their families. And these people, you know, they're all colors and all races, and they go out every single day and put their lives on the line for us. I mean, we don't even realize. I don't know if you watch uh, Live PD, but you, know, you see a little taste of it on Live PD. But, you know, the reality is, is every day they're in harm's way. And when an incident like this uh, happens where there's an escalation of, uh, you know, unrest in our nation, these people have their families, Mark, that are worried about them as they leave the door to go out because they don't know what's going to happen that day. And that's where we're at right now. We have to think about how significant and serious that is for all in law enforcement. That's right. That's right. And all first responders. I mean, the fire department had to finally respond to those, those fires downtown. Um, and they were risking their lives to come and save lives. And that's just absolutely not right. What we pray for now, and Alvita is going to address that, is that there's peace. There, you know, Al Sharpton is already on the ground there. So is Jesse Jackson. They always, they're like ambulance chasers, <laughs> but Al Sharpton always shows up when an event like this happens. And I've never seen him help this situation at all. Well, look, I can speak from the fact that I'm an ordained minister, pastor for many years. And I'll tell you, I would be outraged to see any of my brethren, fellow pastors that were true people of God that are going to sit there and stoke the flames of division. Like you said, Mark, cause people to be injured and hurt. And, and we're supposed to be bringing people together, showing them the love of Christ, uh, sharing through the power and authority of the Holy Spirit and what the Word of God says. And so it's absolutely not uh, anything that looks like what a reverend should be acting like. You're absolutely right. No, it isn't at all. Uh, but it, we, Al Sharpton has a long history. He has no shame. He just shows up to get in front of the camera. Let's uh, get to the executive order that uh, President Trump just signed when it comes to social media. Because what people don't understand, this wasn't the president censoring coming out against Twitter, trying to get rid of but First of all, to set the stage, 95% of all the censorship is guess is guess who it's directed at. It's directed at 
conservatives. Yeah. Uh, and so those media outlets, whether it be Facebook, and they are media outlets now, uh, Facebook and Twitter, they have been protected because they were a social media platform. The moment that they start, and that's what the president took care of, the moment that they start censoring and, um, and even banning people, they don't, they're not a social media platform. The whole point, right, of social media was that we were able to interact together without any censorship. So that stopped a long time ago. That was even during the 2016 election. How many people do we know that have been banned on Twitter? Including yourself. Yeah. It's just been going on for too long, Mark. And, and you know, uh, so many people I know, like you said, it's always conservatives, Christians, pastors, churches I know that have mm-hmm. been taken off of Facebook, that have been silenced. For what reason? And so it's, it's not fair. And the president has taken a stand against that. And I give him tremendous credit. And uh, there needs to be some type of new, uh, you know, Bill of Rights, Internet Bill of Rights, or some type of free speech uh, that that pushes back against these, uh, you know, monopolies that are, that are really uh, doing a disservice to the American people. We can decide, Mark, what content we want to read and what we want to listen to. You know, if somebody doesn't want to listen to our show, they don't have to, right? That's right. They, they can just they, turn it off. They can go to another off. show. That's if, right. But if they want to, they should have that freedom, especially in America, which as we always reference is the, is the beacon of light. That's right. That's right. The people at Twitter are not friendly to conservatives at all. As a matter of fact, the man that's in charge of, site integrity has said that there are a bunch of Nazis in the White House. Uh, He doesn't like the president. He makes no bones about it. And so, you know, Twitter actually loves to step in, if you will, because right after the executive order, you and I have seen this this tweet, but I want to read it really quick for the audience because the president tweeted out, these thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd. And I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Walls and told him that the military is with them all the way. Any difficulty and we will uh, assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you. Uh, Twitter uh, then put this tweet violated the Twitter rules about glorifying violence. However, Twitter is determined that it may be in the public's interest for this tweet to remain accessible. Yeah, these are just blatant bias. And when the president of the United States talking about bringing in the National Guard and bringing restoring or, uh, law and order, which is actually the oath that he took to protect the people of the United States, and they're, they're censoring that, I pray this is a wake-up call to everybody, Mark. This isn't about Republican or Democrat. This is about freedom and our Constitution and our American rights and uh, God-given rights, right? That's right. Those are our God-given rights. And and I think really it's I'm glad that they were brought down, brought to the level of a media outlet, because that's really what they are. If they're going to start censoring and and Facebook has a uh, oversight committee that's headed by a woman <laughs> that was actually testified against the president during the impeachment hearing. So we know how uh, objective they are. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that because. That's just the audacity of what's going on, not to use Barack Obama's famous word. But let's just jump to a couple of other things before we go. The there is a pastor, um, many pastors, but a Chicago pastor uh, accuses the mayor about lying about the police presence at services, violating the lockdown order. And as a matter of fact, uh, this pastor is very specific about what happened, uh, that an official from the mayor uh, disrupted the Sunday services and 
that the police accompanied, accompanied this official to this service. Todd, this is happening nationwide right now. And I really, for you, it must be disturbing. You're a pastor. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's incredibly disturbing, Mark. And, and I just want to read the First Amendment because I think this is important to remind our viewers. But it says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, um, you know, the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peacefully assemble. That's mm-hmm. what we do Every week when we come together on Sunday, if we want to come together Wednesday, whenever the, the gathering is, we're peacefully assembling in worship and the, the government is saying, no, we can't do that. And I'm sorry, I think that the people of the United States need to push back and, and do what they're doing out in California where these pastors are coming together. They're going to be meeting this week, Mark. I know many of them, thousands of pastors, they're going to be having services this week. And I, I give them uh, great uh, honor for that. And I say we need to push back against the many tyrants. This is ridiculous. It goes against our Constitution. And any activist judge that's going to rule in the opposite direction is exactly that, an activist judge. They're not acting in accordance to what they're supposed to be doing, which is ruling uh, along with the Constitution. United States. That's absolutely right. And uh, that First Amendment should be, I'm glad you read that because that's the cornerstone of what we have here. And so we're going to leave it at that. Coming right up is Brigitte Gabriel. And then right after that is Alveda King. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Mr. President, welcome to the show. I love the name of your show. I will be a good Christian. You're going to be very proud of me, and I certainly will also be a good patriot. It's a great name for a show. I heard you have a great show, and thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. President. We appreciate that very much, and it has been an honor to have you on the show. We're back with the Patriot, the preacher, and a good friend of the show is joining us again, Brigitte Gabriel, who's the president of Act for America and the author of They Must Be Stopped. Brigitte, welcome back. Uh, thank you so much. I am so glad to be back with you. Uh, it's always good to have you with us. Brigitte, when we are looking at what's going on in the world today since the inauguration and this uproar over the temporary ban, the temporary travel ban, you've been watching the left go crazy over this, and you have said that all Muslims are radical Uh, Not all Muslims are radical Muslims. Uh, The majority of Muslims are moderates around the world. However, the radical minority is what is driving the agenda, which renders the majority Muslims irrelevant who are sitting on the sidelines and not stopping the radicals or getting involved. And that's why we should be concerned. And this ban, by the way, uh, is basically a ban on a fraction of the Muslim world, which basically harbors terrorism. 90% of Muslims around the world are not under this ban. For example, when you look at the largest Islamic countries in the world, the top five largest Islamic countries in the world, Indonesia, 204 million Muslims are not on this ban. Egypt, 80 million Muslims, they're not on this ban. Pakistan, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Nigeria are not on this ban. So when you look at this ban, uh, basically, it's countries identified, six of them, by President Obama. Only one that President Trump added, and that was the country of Syria. And it's only for 120 days until we figure out how we can come up with a process in order to really vet them and know who is coming into the country. Yeah, and speaking of Carr, Brigitte, you've been named by them as an Islamophobic. Why do you think that the Democratic Party has closely aligned themselves with Carr and other organizations instead of being loyal to the Constitution and the security of this nation? 
A great question. CARE is the short for Council on American Islamic Relations, which basically the front for the Hamas terrorist organization, the terror group in the United States. They are a part of a large group, 29 front Islamic organizations set up in the United States by the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, you've heard me talk a lot about the Muslim Brotherhood Project. Uh, the Muslim Brotherhood Project is basically a 100-year plan written by by the Muslim Brotherhood for radical Islam to infiltrate and dominate the West and establish an Islamic government on earth. In the counterterrorism circles, this plan became known as the project. What is unique about the project is it gives tactics and proposals as to how to infiltrate the West, how to use our laws against us, how to use our open-mindedness against us. They talk about how to work with like-minded, quote, progressive organizations that share similar goals. And this is why you see organizations like CARE and ISNA, the Islamic Society of North America, or NATE, the North American Islamic Trust. These organizations coming together right now with the left and forming alliances, basically following the tips and tactics and proposals by the Muslim Brotherhood Project as to how to sabotage our country and destroy our country from within. And right now, we are seeing this alliance on a massive national scale, especially after the election of President Trump. Uh, basically trying to do everything they can to stop President Trump's agenda. So the, the left is being used as a useful idiot at the hands of a very organized group such as CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations, and other Islamic organizations coming together to fool the rest of the American public, basically to sabotage our country. So speaking of useful idiots, and that's a good term, we know that the organizer of the D.C. March... Let's put it this way. Her motivation was not to further women's rights, was it? Uh, no, her, her motive was not to further women's rights. Her motive was to mobilize people against uh, the new administration. Uh, she, uh, Linda Sarsour is her name. Uh, she is a Palestinian. A lot of her family members and friends uh, are now serving time in Israeli jails for uh, uh, convicted on terrorism charges. Uh, her own husband, a Palestinian, was also questioned right here in the United States. Uh, she is somebody uh, who basically basically implied that the wannabe uh, Christmas bomber, remember the underwear bomber? Yes. She implied that he was actually a CIA agent and continued on saying that the United States government kills its own people in order to frame or, or blame Muslims. She is somebody who is no friend of the administration. She loathes and despises America and American government. She praises Sharia law. She always uses Saudi Arabia as an example of how our laws should be modeled after. And what is so scary about her being the organizer of the Women's March is because uh, she was funded and supported by the radical left organization supporting her and funneling money to her. Glamour magazine did an in-depth interview with her talking about how the left is working and forming alliances with her and, and, and moving on not only from the Women's March on DC that day but literally mobilizing a, a movement and Linda Sarsour admitted and said how proud she was that organizations such as the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, such as the ACLU, MoveOn.org, and Planned Parenthood, all these four mega organizations are organizing their people and giving their money to Linda Sarsour and the women's movement and supporting Islamic organizations and working together 
as one with Islamic organizations to defeat uh, the current administration and basically declare war on the current administration. And this is why it is so important. And I encourage people to go to our website, actforamerica.org. We are the counter movement, uh, the patriotic movement to protect America against the left and the Islamists who are coming together. We are the NRA of national security. We are the largest national security movement in the United States. We just hit half a million members on Sunday night, so I'm so proud of that. Congratulations. Um, we have, thank you, we have over 1,000 chapters nationwide, so we want people to go to our website, actforamerica.org, join us, sign up to get our emails and action alerts, become a member, be- start a chapter or join a chapter in your community. We are the counterweight to the left, and we want you engaged because right now it's all about national security and we must defend the country. Right now in America, President Trump is facing a lot of stuff about uh, cutting off refugees coming to America. And there are those who are saying, well, you know, you can't do this because America stands for freedom and all this kind of thing. But let me ask you a question. And I'm going to give this direct quote and have you respond to it. I came to America to build a new life, to escape tyranny and live in freedom. I want to do everything I can to protect this country so my children will never have to live the way I did. Would you uh, expand on that for just a bit? Uh, Great. Uh, Yes, I want to clarify one thing. I came to America as an immigrant, not as a refugee, because immigrants save their pennies, live to come for the dream, and that is the American dream. I crossed oceans coming here. I learned English sitting in my bomb shelter, writing subtitles on my arm, watching The Love Boat and Dallas, just to learn English. I never studied English at school because I was so determined that one day I'm going to come to the land of the free and home of the brave and make it my land. I came to America because I wanted to be an American. I had to take uh, blood tests physical test, doctor's test that I actually had to pay for out of my own pocket, which I gladly did to make sure I'm not bringing any diseases to the United States. Now, I hate needles. I didn't like doing all that, but I had to do it and gladly had to pay for it. Once I got my green card, I had to wait for five years and study American history. I had to study a two-inch thick book by provided by the Daughters of the American Revolution, and I had to take a written exam and an oral exam at the federal building downtown Norfolk, Virginia, and pass both exams. By the time I passed my exam to be an American, I knew more about American history and about everything regarding America's structure than my own American-born husband. I am the type of immigrant you want coming to the United States. And since I came to the United States, I have created over 157 jobs and provided livelihood to American families and paid tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of taxes to the United States government in order to support my great country and make my country greater than any other country in the world because that's what America is. That is, yeah. Having said all that... (laughs) That's a great (laughs) message. That's a great message. Yes. Having said all that, now I want to talk about refugees. Now, America is a great country. We always have a big heart. We welcome people here who are escaping wars, who who are, uh, uh, you know, people coming here either for political asylum or coming here because whatever, something is happening. But throughout history, we have been selective in who we let into the country. Mm-hmm. We didn't let anybody in just because they wanted to come in, even with all our compassion. Listen, five million people died in Congo 
Congo and Somalia in 2002, 2003, 2001. We didn't let people from Congo come here. We were not screaming about getting people here from Sudan. Five million people died. We didn't give a flying kite about humanitarianism. So people that talk about, oh, we need to bring refugees because we are such a humanitarian society, it's total baloney, and the facts speak for themselves. So the refugees who are coming here today are nothing more than basically uh, a, a political theater because the refugees who are coming here today are chosen to come to the United States by the United Nations, not by the United States. The United Nations chooses what refugees come to America. They work with the State Department, and the State Department works with nine federal contractors, six out of the nine are, are Christian and Jewish charities who basically resettle the refugees. It's a money-making operation to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. Catholic Charities, which is one of the largest charities in America resettling refugees, uh, had over $79 million in budget, most of it coming out of the pockets of the taxpayer because they are funded by the Treasury. The Lutheran Immigration Service has brought in $59 million last year. $55 million came out of your pocket and my pocket and the pockets of those listening to us from the Treasury Department. So it has nothing to do with churches raising money because they want to help refugees. It has to do with a money-making machine to the tune of millions. It's bigger than America's big corporations, and everybody's making money getting uh, on board of the let's do good wagon. Mm. But here's why we need to be concerned about refugees because refugees are bringing with them diseases. Refugees are bringing with them terrorism. On the terrorism part, we have had no less than 10 refugees who have been already convicted on terrorism charges. Uh, a Somali refugee arrested for planning to blow up the Christmas tree lighting ceremony in Oregon. Two Iraqi refugees were convicted for helping Al-Qaeda in Iraq and may have killed American servicemen there. They lied on their refugee application. Another Iraqi refugee set off a bomb at a social security office in Arizona. Uh, both Boston bombers were refugees. An Uzbek refugee was arrested in Idaho and later convicted on terrorism charges. Uh, an Iraqi refugee living in Texas was accused of planning a local um, to bomb a local popular mall, you know, the Galleria in, in Houston. Um, a Somali refugee went on a stabbing spree at a mall in St. Cloud, Minnesota. And just two months ago, a month ago, a Somali refugee, uh, a slasher at Ohio State University, killing people with a machete. We need to be concerned about who comes into the country. I agree. Uh, Prajeet, so before... my long rant. No, but <laughs> it's all true, and that's what our listeners need to hear. You know, speaking of that, Prajeet, talk, talking about compassion and love, I think I want you to comment on this. I uh, we have talked about this the last time you were on the show, but I think that our Christian listeners need to hear this over and over again. We've been told by leaders like the Pope and other leaders here in the United States that we pray to the same God as the Muslims do. Is that true? God is God. People have different definition of God, but we as Christians pray to a different God than the Allah that Muslims pray for, and here is why. Because our God does not command us to kill anybody. As a matter of fact, in our Ten Commandments, it says very clearly, thou shall not kill. In the Islamic 
religion for those who believe in Allah because Allah is the greatest. That's what they say, Allahu Akbar, which means Allah is the greatest. It doesn't mean God is great. It means Allah is the greatest. Muhammad is supposedly the last prophet, and he is the messenger of Allah. When Muhammad instructs his followers to kill in the name of Allah, to cut off people's heads, there, there is nothing in Christianity. Jesus said, whoever slaps you on one cheek, you turn the other. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who trespass against you. For Forgive those who trespass against you. This is what those of us are, are people in our religion, in the Christian religion. It doesn't matter what denomination you belong to, whether you're a Protestant, whether you're an Episcopalian, a Catholic, a, a, a born-again Christian, uh, a, a Lutheran, it doesn't matter. The closer you become to Jesus, the better person you become, because you're following in the footsteps of a leader who forgave, who loved his enemy, who asked his people to forgive, not to kill, etc. When you are a Muslim and you become closer to Muhammad and you become closer to the teachings of Muhammad and understand the teaching, the more radical you become, the more you justify in your mind the killing of another human being, the taking of the life of another human being who just because they do not agree with you or follow your practice in your mind they are dehumanized and they are worthy of death and because of that if actions speak louder than words the actions of Jesus are very different than the actions of Muhammad and therefore the actions of the followers of Jesus are very different than the followers of Muhammad and as an action speak louder than words and therefore the God we follow the commandment of is very different than Allah with the commandments that he gives his followers. Amen to that. Brigitte Gabriel, president of Act for America, it's always good to have you on. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much. And again, I encourage people to go to our website, actforamerica.org, and get involved. It's so important now more than ever for people to get involved. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, it's great to have you back on. This is the Patriot and the Preacher. That was Brigitte Gabriel, president of Act for America. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Star Parker, and I love The Patriot and the Preacher, where politics and religion do mix. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind. But now I see. And welcome back to the Patriot and the Preacher. We're really excited to have join us again, Alveda King. Alveda, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you. It's great to join you both and all your listeners. Thank you, Alveda. It's always always nice to have you on. Alveda, I wanted to uh, dive right in here. We we've seen the press release and your comments on this, and I know the audience wants to hear your take on it, which is the new movie, the documentary, a.k.a. Jane Roe, and I watched it. And there were some there were some disturbing things in there. And one of the things that I wanted to get your feedback on is that at the end of it, as she's doing her deathbed confession, she's, she basically said that, uh, that if a woman wants to have an abortion, that's why they call it choice. It's her choice. Abita, what's... What's your comment on that? Because she was such a pro-life leader, and you and both Father Pavone worked with her closely. What do you say to that comment? I would be very surprised if they didn't even cut off half of uh, Norma's sentence, because I've heard her say many times, 
if a woman wants to have an abortion, that's her choice. That's why they call it choice. That doesn't make it right. So ah. it's very possible that Norma finished that sentence that way at that time. You have to understand, well, you know, because you're all in, in, in media in the industry as well. Yep. You can frame bites to fit your narrative. People do it with the Bible, with interviews, and I have to be very careful. I try to do very short sound bites that are difficult to mm. cut, you know. Also, sense. when she, she said a, na- a word, they're all a-holes. Well, about an hour before she passed away, she had her daughter call Father Frank Vaughn and Janet. And uh, Father Frank has several text messages and voice messages from Norma. And one of them, it says, thank you so much for that new Bible you sent and all that. And then she says, see you later, a-hole. So Norma likes to be inappropriate sometimes. And she likes to do shocking things. So one of her terms of endearment, believe it or not, was (laughs) a-hole. I'm just telling you the truth about the Norma I know. She was so different, you know? And so... Now, this is a real distinct difference. You've got to hear this one. In the pro-abortion movement, they were ashamed of Norma. They didn't want anybody to get to Norma. They didn't want anybody to know who Norma really was, so they robbed her of her real name. They came up with Jane Rowe. We always said Norma McCorvey. We Mm. love you, Norma. Right. So we didn't take anything from Norma as far as her being paid to say what she said. You write a book, you go and speak somewhere, you sign the book, and you autograph them. Somebody pays you for your book. You go somewhere, and you speak at an event, and they say, well, the theme tonight is, and we'd like you to talk about 10 minutes on how you feel about so-and-so. That's not being told what to say and being paid to say something you don't believe. Wow. 1998, she became a born-again Christian. Uh That was genuine. And Norma was never won by money. Norma was won by love. That's powerful. And, 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 you know, we know that she, like you said, became a born again Christian. You were very uh, instrumental in her walk. And I know a few other people were, you know, tell us a little bit more about her character because it seems like, uh, you know, I saw the, the documentary too. And it seems like, like you said, a lot of her character has, has not really come across correctly in the documentary. Would that be true? Alita? No, she was, it was, it was tailored and cut and clipped to paint the vision they wanted you to see because, say, especially uh, one of the main people who was interviewed probably felt guilty about a lot of things. So a lot of that was clouded by the guilt of that particular speaker. So if you're feeling guilty, feeling bad, and feeling like you used somebody, that doesn't mean everybody did, even if you feel like you did. Right. Yeah, he did feel guilty. You could tell. You could tell uh, that came across loud and clear. So, Alveda, you know, I'm sure that you've been watching what's going on in, uh, in Minnesota with uh, the, the murder of George Floyd. And uh, the country is in serious unrest right now. There's riots going on everywhere. And I think uh, from a leader like you, we'd like to hear your perspective on what you're seeing transpire. My goddaughter, Angela Stanton King, an advocate and an activist, uh, American King Foundation. She's also running for Congress, but she's uh, over in Milwaukee, uh, 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 in Minnesota, right now. Mm. I was just talking to her. She's there on the ground, and she's meeting with families. She's meeting with pastors and leaders. She was right at that moment. There was a target that was burned down, 
and she was out in front of the target that was burned down. Wow. So she says, Mom, I'm here for justice. I'm here to comfort those for the loss and then to call for peace. And that's what she's there doing. Uh, she's organized the group, and I know she's going to be with some pastors and leaders at about 645 Central Time. Yeah. yeah. And so what we need is peace, and all of this over skin color. Mm. It's really, we're one race. We all, okay. President Trump says we all bleed the same, red blood. Yes. Skin color does not distinguish us as different races of people. We are one human race. That's right. So all of this racial outrage, rape, break, and racial violence, and it's always engineered. It's, they get somebody to be emotional or unbalanced or whatever and to do something, and it, it's usually going to involve people with different skin color, and then mm. it blows up and people want to burn everything down. That's, that's a pattern. It's engineered. Wow. Just wow. like skin color racism is socially engineered. There's only one race. Hmm. I agree. Yeah. And uh, Alvini, we look to you, you know, your leadership again, and I just thank you. For, we totally agree what you're saying. What can we do now to heal? You mentioned the pastors are meeting. How can we heal and move forward from this type of event? Well, I'm feeling, I think Reverend Al Sharpton will be out there stirring up some, some things. And then you have some other pastors and leaders that will be there praying and saying, let's come together and solve this without burning everything down. Yeah. So if yeah. you hear something, no peace, no justice, no peace, no. No peace, no justice. Peace has to come so justice can prevail. Amen. Amen. So encourage people not to riot, not to be emotional. Stop falling for the race division kind of a picture where there's separate races. There's one race. You know, because you say, I'm colorblind, so I don't see your color. Hmm. The next thing you say, I'm gender blind, I don't see your gender. So what are we going to finally end up being? Hmm. Invisible, genderless, something. Yeah. So we yeah. can see each other's skin color. That means ethnicity. That means special giftings and callings among the people group in the one human race. Wow. Absolutely. It's too clear. We have to stop that. We do have to stop that. Alvita, during this, during this lockdown, you've seen um, a clear difference between the blue states and the red states. The churches still are not open, but they're slowly opening. Um, and so the, it seems as if it, it at times, the body of Christ has been scattered. And really, at times, we've seen the fact that it's really broken. It's really broken people's faith and their concentration on Christ and his message. What do you, ha what do you want to tell the listeners in our audience right now about what's been going on and what we need to do as a nation to, to bring us back to where we need to be? Something very wonderful. All the churches are not closed. All the churches never closed. We know initially we had some churches that were insisting on staying open and some, a pastor was arrested. We had another church that stayed open and 32 people died of COVID. We had those experiences. But some of the churches, especially those that had the ability to social distance and things, didn't close at all. Some churches had parking lot church. Our church, our Ten Believers Bible Christian Church in Atlanta, started out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all that. But then we went to the parking lot. And yes. we socially did, and we were out standing next to our cars, dancing, shouting, blowing the horns. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, but the pastor was still able to preach the singers, and I'm on the praise scene. They were still able to sing. There so we still and worship. But you know, many pastors that I spoke to said that their offerings are up, not down. Isn't that yes. amazing? That is amazing. Yeah. That and is. I said to God, I said, anything that I can get during this time, I'm going to make sure that I'm a good steward and I continue to give. 
And when I wasn't giving money, and when I'm not giving money or food, I'm about to send some food to somebody. As a matter of fact, someone called. Then clothing, prayer, yes. all kinds of things. You could just get love. That's you could right. just give, give, give in this time. So you said, what can you do? Be peaceful. Don't be fooled about skin color. Make sure you're giving and tithing and sharing and not, and don't be afraid. Don't panic. Pray. Don't That's be afraid. Have faith. Love somebody. You're speaking my language, Ovita, and, and you're fired up. I'm fired up listening to you. Do, you. do you think that all of this could birth a revival in the United States? Do you, do you feel that that could be in our future? Revival's here. It's here already. It's been here for a little while, actually. You just couldn't yes. see it. See it more now. Yes. Because you can't trust all this other stuff. Everybody's dying. Be scared. Don't come out. If you do come out, somebody hurts you, burn them up. You, no, 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 no. So we know that there is love rising. Faith mm. is rising. Hope is rising. And I, I'm a member of many prayer groups. Uh, there's an awakening. There's a return movement. There are various movements. Promise Keepers is doing a good job. Right. I'm on the advisory board. Just right. all of these various things. We are, we are in revival. Transformation there is occurring. Go. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm talking about voting next week. Uh, uh, very good. We all need to be voting in November. It's very important. Alvita, yeah, Alvita, before we go, since you brought up voting, what's your position on the mail-in voting? What do you think of that? You know, I, I'm going to put that in there because there's something else called a ballot harvesting. I did right. actually, I held my primary ballot, but I'm going to the poll for the next one, you know. And uh, this ballot harvesting, they've got people going around registering senior citizens' places, telling people what to write on there and all that, and then turning them in and finding ballots they don't think are going to be favorable, throwing them away. All of that is going on, illegal uh, manipulation of ballots. And then uh, the mail-in, if you absolutely can't get out, but to create something where nobody can get out and everybody mails in and then you can manipulate, that's absolutely not going to work. No, it's not. Absolutely. How can we find you, Alvita, online? How can we be following some of the work that you're doing? AlvitaKing.com is a good place. And over at Priests for Life, CivilRightsForTheUnborn.org, I have a new TV show online. It uh, comes on weekly, Pro-Life Praise Variety Show. Mm. Dr. Alvita King, thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor to have you on. Hey everyone, it's Mark Anthony. I want to talk to you about my pillow because it's truly changed my life. I've had over seven spinal surgeries on my neck and back, and I've never been able to get a good night's sleep. But after trying my pillow, I'm getting the best night's sleep that I've ever had before. Trust me, my pillow has made a believer out of me. I never go anywhere without it. Look, this company has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow has an amazing offer for our listeners, and if you call 800-851-9287 and use the promo code MARK, you can take advantage of special offers on all of their products. Call right now, 800-851-9287, and use the promo code MARK. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Trust me, my pillow will make a believer out of you. And you know that jingle. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Don't forget to call 
800-851-9287 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code MARK. Mr. President, welcome to the show. I love the name of your show. I will be a good Christian. You're going to be very proud of me, and I certainly will also be a good patriot. It's a great name for a show. I heard you have a great show, and thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. President. We appreciate that very much, and it has been an honor to have you on the show. Welcome back to The Patriot and the Preacher. We want to thank Brigitte Gabriel and Alveda for coming on. We had a, that was a powerhouse of two amazing women, Todd. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, you know what? We expected that, and they definitely delivered on what we expected, Mark. Just powerful yeah. and, uh, you know, encouraging to hear that even in some of the horrible things that are going on in our nation, Alveda was talking about revival. And, you know, that's uh, something right up my alley because I think that's happening too. And she said it's happening right now, Mark. That's exciting. That is exciting. And maybe one of the blessings of this stay in place order is that a lot of people really took the time to turn to God because that's all they had. That's right. That's right. Sometimes it takes a tragedy, Mark. I, I hate to say it. I remember 9-11, the church was packed. And, right. uh, you know, you know and, and so it's like God will use, like he says in Romans, he'll use what was meant for evil to be mm-hmm. turned around for good. And I think that's what he's doing right now is in the midst of COVID-19 and all the different things that are happening in our world right now with different, you know, race situations and, and political situations. But people are, are looking for answers. They're looking for hope. And of course, we know that hope can be found in Jesus Christ. That amen to that. That's absolutely, that's absolutely why we're here. That reminds me, you know, when we talk about whether or not I hear it over and over again, we get messages about it all the time on the Facebook, on our Facebook page, but people still to this day, because there's been, you know, rewriting of history that's happened over the last hundred years or so, they still are debating whether or not were our founding fathers, in fact, Christians, <laughs> right? Were they believers, you know? Uh, John Adams said that the Constitution was built for a moral, religious people, and a government of any other is inadequate, Todd. Yeah, no, I mean, I can tell you from the history that I've studied, and I know you are a scholar of history, Mark, you've studied quite a bit. Um, you see it time and time again. The evidence is absolutely clear that the uh, the founding fathers of this nation read the word of God. They prayed in session. Um, you know, people would get on their knees in session. It's amazing what used mm-hmm. to happen. And so there was no talk of separation of church and state and all these different things that you hear that are talking points of the left today. Uh, we saw that they were very proud to, to uh, showcase their faith God. And that's why this nation, I believe, Mark, has been so blessed for so many years. And as we talked about in a previous show, honestly, the most blessed nation in the history of the world where we you know, have had more resources and more wealth and uh, more technology and innovation. And so I believe that's because of the foundations of this nation, which were biblical. That's absolutely right. That's right, my friend, because that's why we're, that's why we're that shining city on the hill. You know, uh, Pete Hexeth said last week that it only takes one person. So imagine if all of us were on the same page, praying for the same thing, pushing towards the same thing, which is that this nation really as, as a whole needs to get back to its foundation. That's why we've been so blessed. That's why this nation is powerful economically and uh, spiritually. And really even our military is powerful because we've been blessed by God. Why? Because those founders, those founders, firmly believed that what they were doing was so much bigger than them. It's why they were able to accomplish the impossible. 56 men couldn't have accomplished what they did. I mean, really, when you think about it in today's terms, they told the most powerful nation on earth, 
that we're breaking up and we don't want anything to do with you anymore. That's how that Declaration of Independence reads. But it's even more than that because those list of grievances, by the way, most people may not know this. I know you know this, Todd. Those list of grievances came from actual sermons from, from preachers they were listening to during that time. So it wasn't like they came out, came up with that by themselves. No, they, they, they were inspired by God. Benjamin, here's before we go. This is one of my favorite. This is this is probably pure evidence because this came from one of the founding fathers who saw it from the beginning to ratifying that constitution. Benjamin Rush said that I do not believe that the constitution was merely an offspring of inspiration, but I do believe that the constitution in its adoption and form is as much of a miracle as any miracles recorded in the old and new Testament. That's profound. It is. It's absolutely profound. And I believe that they were divinely inspired. Like you said, I believe they were, uh, you know, really following God's word. And unfortunately, and this really disturbs me, I know it does to you, many listeners as well, uh, that there's been guys like Howard Zen and others that have tried to change our history and to, to you know, to, to morph it and to make it what it wasn't to, to look, you know, make America look like it's this horrible country that's done all these atrocities. And look, we have done some horrible things over the years, but in its, in its pure America and the and the mission of the United States from the beginning was to go and make disciples of the nations, Mark. And that's what we've actually done until, like we've said, recent years where there's been a rapid moral decline. And so we're calling on the people of God. We're calling on Americans to turn from our wickedness, to repent of our sin. And imagine if we did that as a church, just as a church, if we repented in America, I believe the revival that Alvita was talking about will spread to the whole world and we will see amazing things happen that we can't even fathom because God will put his hand of blessing and favor on us like probably like we've never seen before mark i agree with that wholeheartedly and with that todd let's close this uh, show out with the prayers we always do absolutely well heavenly father we just want to thank you for today's show thank you to those who are listening and lord i just pray that today that we would have that revelation of how to be uh the the true people that you would want us to be as people of god lord that we could follow you wholeheartedly that we can be repentant lord god that we can be about your business and so as our nation is literally on fire in so many aspects today we pray your hand of mercy of grace would fall upon us that your holy spirit like alvita was talking about uh, uh the spirit of revival in this nation will flourish and foster and that we will see a great move of God, a great awakening in the United States. So we thank you. I, I pray for comfort and peace to everyone that's listening today, that they would know that you are the hope of glory and that we can find true hope in you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Todd. We will be back next week at the same time. We want to thank you all for joining us and don't forget to keep praying for this nation. Pray for each other. Thanks again. I am Mark Anthony, your Patriot. Hey, and I'm Todd Coconato, your preacher. God bless you guys. Hey!